You are listening to a brand new episode of Gay Side Stories with Trillificent, where the gay shit goes. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. Remember, you can listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or on the website, GaySideStories.com slash shows. Hashtags, remember to use them, GaySidePod and Pods by QPOC when you're live tweeting, when you're posting about the show, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, please do use those hashtags. The Gay Side Pod just helps me find conversations or things that you say. The Pods by QPOC hashtag, of course, is the hashtag that I curated for podcasts with hosts that are queer and people of color so black and brown people essentially non-white people so please use both of those send in any questions or compliments show topic ideas if you want advice about things because i do give good advice you can ask my friend Naj, aka chartreuse disaster so send that stuff in the email address is gaysidestories at gmail.com Last thing, you guys, rest in peace, rest in power, rest in heaven to Aloysius of the No Sherlock podcast. You may remember hearing him here on episode 51. So I want to say maybe two, two and a half weeks ago, the guys posted on their Instagram page that he had passed away. So if you haven't, go back and listen to that episode 51 with him on this show. And go and show those guys at No Shit Sherlock some love and some support. Much light and all positive vibes and all of that stuff to those guys. Because I I really can't imagine. So I'm going to say let's let's have a moment of silence for Aloysius. Again, rest in peace to him. And this episode was one of my favorite to record. I got to collaborate with someone that I admire very much. Very good conversationalist. We had a blast. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So let's start the show. All right. I am here with Jamie of the Arroz con Chicken podcast. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. Definitely. Thank you for having me. You have big things in the works, so I really appreciate you carving out a little bit of time to come on this little rinky dink show. Means oh, a lot no. to me. <laughs> no, definitely. I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. Definitely. So before we get started, why don't you tell people a little bit about Arroz con Chicken? Claro, of course. So I have a podcast um, and a website entitled Arroz con Chicken. And kind of the tagline we use is it's the uh, podcast that your abuela warned you about. So with Arroz Chicken, Arroz con Chicken, it's a podcast that deals with entertainment, news, gossip, um, music, all these different things. But it has like a Hispanic, Latino, Caribbean type feel to it. So our segments are Hispanic themed and uh, Caribbean theme. And, we, you know, we deal with like, for example, our, our we have every week we have a Yolanda Saldivar of the week. 
which <laughs> Yolanda Saldivar, if you've ever seen the movie Selena, you know um, that Yolanda Saldivar is a woman who actually took um, Selena's life or whatever. So when we, whenever we have a Yolanda Saldivar, that's somebody that we have to read to filth every every single week or whatever. Now, with the podcasting, we were doing it regularly. Um in the past, but now we're doing it, uh, trying to do at least one episode a month because we've got a lot of stuff going on. My co-host is going to have a baby next month. Yeah, and I'm shout out to stuff. Evelina. Yes, to Evelina. Evelina's going to have a baby. So, yeah, we're super excited about that. But um, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> so what made you start the podcast? Like, what sure. made you want to get into the landscape? Of course. So I, well, I have been online and I think we've all been kind of online for a long time, but I, I had originally a, a website called Noticias Chismes, which means news and gossip. And it basically dealt with news and gossip, uh, the African-American uh, field or area, as well as the Hispanic lands- landscape. And that was, I want to say like 2005, 2006. And so it just kind of, then I kind of moved to, to Twitter and then it just kind of transitioned to podcasting. So that's kind of what it is, you know? Okay, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Well, I enjoy you guys, and hopefully, I mean, I know life be lifing, so <laughs> if you guys have some laps, then we'll just have to deal, but I'm hoping that you guys can have a little bit of regularity, just because I like the show. Well, thank you, definitely. Like, it is, it's one of those Shade Fest type podcasts that you just can't help but listen to <laughs> i'll turn it on like now what is jamie gonna say on this episode <laughs> and the shade is so effortless exactly it's like it's well it's it, that i mean that's that's probably the best way to put it yeah i can't even <laughs> i can't even lie but yeah <laughs> definitely thank you i guess i'd say <laughs> yeah yeah okay so let's do a little icebreaker before we get into the main topic so we're going to start off with the queer query Question. First question. What is your dream collaboration? And this is not limited to you or podcasting. Perfect. All right. So my dream collaboration, if it were with a person in particular, I would say probably uh, Fresh Elena uh, from the Crunktastical uh, yes. website from years ago. Yes. And from Neck of the Wood po- Woods podcast, because I think she's she's brilliant. I think she she's amazing. Um, she's very relatable. She's very humble. Um, and I think we would produce some really good stuff there. I have a lot of followers online that I would um, want to collaborate with and do different things with. When I look at my followers online, like I have a, a, a follower from California you all may follow named Savvy Fatty. And mm-hmm. she, yes, I love her. She, she's To me, she's brilliant. And I think that she should be working in television or whatever. So if I could like do something with her, that would be amazing. Um, my ultimate goal years ago, what I really wanted to do was to write, um, for like telenovelas and write scripts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So if I could work with, you know, like a channel like Telemundo or Univision or something, then that would be like a network that I would want to collaborate with. Okay. That's what's up. Um, so how about you though? Let me ask you. Uh, I was thinking about that. I think off the top of my head, at least one, because as you said, I have a lot of followers and peers in the podcast community that I would love to collaborate. There's tons of just people like celebrities and whatnot that I would love to see collaborate. But for myself, I think one of my dream collaborations would be with Kiss and Tell Radio or Networks. 
Yeah. So they're out in L.A. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I just I just like their their style and their format. So it's with Jace Barron and Char says so. And they just have a very unique way of talking about the news. And then they have their topics and they have this bell in studio that they're always dinging at certain points. So I think that that would be a lot of fun. So that would definitely be one of my dream collaborations. Definitely. I like that. I think that would be really good. Next question. Could you openly date a porn star? Why or why not? Or former um, porn star? <laughs> um, well, let's see. Um, could I? Yeah, definitely. Um, to me, it's just a job. It's just it's just a career. I mean, as long as the person is, um, there's an understanding between us that this is work and this stays at work. And this is, you know, and what we do at home is different. Like, for example, there's some porn stars like male porn stars and female porn stars that um, I follow and that I've, you know, been fans of over the years. And they are married and they wear their wedding rings and stuff in the in the in their videos and stuff. So, I mean, to me, it's just a job. I remember with one of my exes, God, it's always a story time with me. I remember <laughs> with, with with one of my exes, he came to me one night and he was in um, he was in cosmetology school at the time. And he said, Jamie, he said, Jamie, what do you think about me being a dancer or whatever? And I said, I mean, it's, it's, it's I don't have an issue with it. I think you'd be, you know, be good at it. You have to get some rhythm first, but I think you would be good <laughs> good at it. Aesthetically, I mean, you, ha- you have the look, you know. You know, he was big, corn-fed, stocky, I just naturally muscular. So I was like, yeah, this would definitely work. I mean, because you're just going to bring that money home and bring it to our house. So, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense, and I would agree. I um, I don't know. It just It's not a big deal to me, I guess. And I tweeted this, and one day I'm going to dig into this deeper on this show, but... Mm-hmm. Specifically for gay men, as a whole, I think we have a really, quote unquote, interesting view on porn stars. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you see a lot of praise for porn. Like, we, we're we men. On some level, you identify as a man if you yeah. are gay. And we love porn. It's just, Mm -hmm. it it is what it is. A lot of times porn is our introduction into being gay. Mm -hmm. Even if it's straight porn, when you realize, oh, I'm looking at the man's butt a lot more than I'm looking at the whole action. Mm -hmm. I might could not like women that much. But then at the same time, you get on Twitter and you get on Instagram and you see people constantly shading porn stars and you see all of this shade for OnlyFans and all of this kind of stuff. And it's just like, I don't get it. Like, how can you love porn, but you want to shade people that make it? That doesn't make sense to me. Let Unless me, it's a me, porn star that you like. Well, that, that's true, because a lot of people have their favorites and they're like, oh, well, they, in, their, in their eyes, that person can do no wrong or whatever. But Correct. let me ask you. Where do you think that that comes from, the shade towards the... Because we see it all the time on on the timeline, the shade towards the OnlyFans accounts and all these different things. Where do you think that comes from? I think it's a fake puritanical mindset. Hmm. Where it's like, no matter what I'm doing in my personal life, I could be out here letting any and everybody come and use me as a cum dumpster. But the image that I'm going to project is... I'm very savvy about my sexual conquests. And mm-hmm. so 
porn is a a whole different beast. I also think that a lot of people equate porn with not only just being bad, but being a hoe. Mm -hmm. And so there's a conflation between, okay, this is my job. I'm a sex worker versus I'm just some regular hoe off the street. Not that there's anything wrong with being a regular hoe off the street, because a lot of y'all wouldn't know how to have sex if you didn't come across a hoe in your lifetime uh, or you could be the hoe which again there's no shade it is yeah. you know hoes make the world go round let's let's be honest mm-hmm. but i think at the end of the day it's that fake puritanical sex needs to be within the confines of this box as far as social acceptance even though again we're gay and we're hypersexual it it's almost like a I need some kind of way to judge this. So mm-hmm. I'm going to make it seem like it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. What about uh, you? That's a, that's a good way. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is open up a whole can of worms. But to me, yes. when I think of, of my followers and the people whose podcasts I listen to, who, who shade the, the, the only fans and the porn stars, sometimes to be, they may not necessarily be the most conventionally attractive people. So, would I think about them sometimes? So it's like, is it a jealousy type thing? I think I think it's it can be both. I think it can be this puritanical, hey, I'm better than I'm better than you, or at least I'm more chaste, more pure. But I also think if people were willing to pay them to to watch them have sex, I don't think that they would be as shady, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. As far as OnlyFans specifically, I 100% agree with that. I think it's a it's either I want to judge because mm-hmm. I get up and I swipe my card at whatever building and I get my money the quote unquote traditional way mm-hmm. or it's jealousy. I wish I could be doing that. I wish I could do something that I like to do, i.e. have sex and get paid for it mm-hmm. or not even because not all OnlyFans people even have sex. It's just a lot of it. A lot of them just do a lot of thirst traps. Exactly. And muscle worship and different stuff like that. Muscle worship, taking video of them showering. Like, not all of them cross triple X lines, but again, it's all about judgment or jealousy. J and J is one or the other a lot of times because to me, I'm like, okay, you're getting a coin. Mm -hmm. Cool. Now, yeah. let me ask you, I have this bad question. That was a really good question because it's kind of opened <laughs> up uh, some other questions uh, that I kind of thought about. Let me ask you, do you subscribe to any OnlyFans accounts? I have. Okay. I don't have it, like an ongoing subscription because, well, I'm not going to say that because that probably is cheating the system a little bit. But, <laughs> but no, yeah. But I have. I have. I mean, it ain't no shame. Like, a lot of it, I yeah, have, you can eventually, it'll, it may hit Tumblr. And there's a lot of content that I didn't even know they had in OnlyFans until it hit Tumblr. And I was like, well, well, let me just click play on this. Exactly. And so that that's my thing is that I would, I've never, uh, never subscribed or even really been on the website, but I would definitely, because there's a couple guys, a couple porn stars that I like. And I'm like, okay, I see that they have an OnlyFans account. So maybe I'll, you know treat myself you know to a month or a couple months of content you know subscription so right like i don't think it's that big of a deal again we watch and can we be honest please yes a lot (laughs) of times 
the amateur stuff, the OnlyFans stuff, is better than the produced stuff. Exactly. With the weird storylines and the weird editing, and a lot of times they just throw two guys together that don't have a lot of passion. It's like, yeah, okay, we can get it up and we can get it on, but there's no passion. Like, they don't really have chemistry. Mm-hmm. At least when you get on OnlyFans, listen, they put on a show. Mm-hmm. Or my Vidster or whatever the case may be. I mean, I don't have a problem paying people for content. And that's exactly. whether they there's podcasts that I'm a Patreon to. Shout out to Baby Boy Podcast. Yes. Yeah. There's artists, like graphic artists, um, that I buy their stuff or if they have a Patreon that it was within my budget, I might kick them a few coins because I believe in paying people for their services and, and to me, OnlyFans is no different. Okay, it's sex, but again, like it's we all do it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We all like to use our kibbles and bits and have a good time. So what's the big deal? There you go. But that's just with, me. That's the thing is that with that question, that was a really good uh, queer uh, uh, query question because we could have gone on for a long time. That could have been its own show. Just it, talking and about it actually will be. <laughs> Definitely. I look forward to that. So um, the question that I had was, what are your thoughts on people who mostly date outside their race? Ooh, that's a good question. I think... People who mostly date outside, like make it a point to date outside their race, mm-hmm. they have some internal issues that they need to work out. I'm not necessarily saying that they're anti their own race because mm-hmm. that may not be the it, you could be pro another race and not necessarily anti yours. You just mm-hmm. hold that other race to a higher standard, maybe a higher mm-hmm. beauty standard, maybe a higher social standard. And you think that that elevates you to a point that you could not get with your own race. I'm Mm -hmm. a firm believer in fall in love with who you want to fall in love with. Lick whatever ass you want to lick. Do whatever it is that you want to do. But when you make it a point to not only date outside your race, but make sure everyone knows that you date outside your race. Because we can be honest, a lot of times they go hand in hand. It's not just a I am a man and I like to date white girls. It's I date white girls because these black bitches or these black Mm -hmm. females, you know what I'm saying? It's never just a I date my white women and go or I date my white boys and go. Mm -hmm. Now, on the gay side, uh, it can go 50 50. Like sometimes I see black guys minding their business with their white partners and it's other black gays attacking them for no reason. It's just like they're just over there living their best life with their Caucasian partner. Like, why are you why are you mad? You mad because you want to be with them. But that's no reason to attack them. That's true. So I think it, it just depends on how they present it. If it's just a, I date my whoever I want to date and I enjoy it and I go, cool. But if it's a thing where you can tell there's a lot of internalized issues with their own race, where they cannot date outside of their race without putting their race down, mm-hmm. then they definitely need to go see Molly's therapist from Insecure. Yeah, definitely. What about you? What are your thoughts? So I, I looked at I tried to look at all sides of this of this uh, that question before I even posed it. Um, I basically agree with you. It, as long as the person's like, OK, I'm just dating this person and I like them or whatever, but not necessarily excluding people of their own race or saying, hey, I only date white guys or I only date Mexican guys or whatever. If they just happen to fall in love with the person, then I don't have an issue with that. The thing is, is that it could have to do with geographic location as well. So, for Ooh, example, that's true. 
where I'm from in Kentucky, there aren't a ton of gay black people. I mean, I'm involved with Kentucky Black Pride. Woo -woo. And so with us, I kind of know the majority of the, of the gay black people in this area or whatever, and we're friends. And I've talked to some of them and gone out with some of them. Um, but I think about my last ex and my last ex was white. It wasn't necessarily, hey, the exclusion of black people. It's just this just happened to be who, you know, I was attracted to at the time or whatever so i just kind of think about it like that yeah no that makes total sense because i i think i noticed that probably in the last two years or so because people's grinder jacked whatever their experiences are different or even mm -hmm. just in my travels like i used to at an old job i had i used to go to alaska a lot and and i went to the west coast and to the north and I noticed how things were flipped. Like here in Houston, most of the most of the niggas, <laughs> most of the black guys are on jacked, mm -hmm. and the Latinos and white and some other ethnicities and races are on grinder. But when I go up north, it's like the opposite. I get on jacked, and I'm like, well, I don't ever remember seeing this many white people on jacked. Get on grinder, and it's it's like freaknik, and it's like okay, oh, wait. Wow. It's like how did okay, so I definitely agree that geographic location plays a big role in that. Mm -hmm. Now, kind of a, a quick follow up, then we'll get into the main topic here. But with this, let's say you were dating a guy who, let's say he's he's Hispanic, he's Latino, and you all have been going out going out for a couple months or whatever, and everything's going well but you notice that there's some aspect of fetishism like he only dates black guys and he makes comments like oh when we get home i want you to fuck me with that big black dick or oh. whatever like how do you handle that and see i would hope that that's something that i gleaned before getting into a consistent situation because mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is a turnoff for me mm-hmm like I live in Houston, you guys know where Houston is, hopefully. And there's a huge Mexican Latino. I say Mexican because we're close to the Mexican border. Yeah. And whenever I have somebody hit me up with that kind of stuff, I'm just like ignore, delete, block because it's such a huge turnoff. So, to be honest, I couldn't even see myself getting into a situation like that. I don't even really want to meet anybody like that in person like as soon as they message me hey daddy give me that big, big black dick or something to that i'm just like uh matter of fact you know what's funny about that i just recently had somebody message me um i don't know what their race or ethnicity was because they didn't have a picture or anything but i assume they weren't black and they messaged me and the first message it was like i love nigger cock and i was like Oh my! Oh! Oh! Wow! Okay. <laughs> exactly. So that I just can't see myself being in that kind of type of situation. Get letting it get to the point where we're dating and have dated for months because more than likely, if that's how you feel, you're going to exhibit it very early on. And if I'm lucky, maybe even in the initial stages of communication, and that's something that I can remove myself from because that's not my ministry. 
Exactly. And I was just going to say, that, that type of stuff typically shows itself pretty early. Like, I'm online, like, if in Asia, the big website um, is called, or the big app is called Blued. So, over there, that's where all the guys are on. And so, I'm talking to all these guys, get messages or whatever. And then when I look at some of the messages, it's like, oh, let me see that big black cock or whatever. I heard all black guys have big cocks and stuff. And I'm like... That's not, I'm not really not even interested in that. I just want to know about what the gay scene is like in the city. You know, just different stuff like that. You know, right? So, like I say, it's a turnoff. It just it really is. It makes me feel like a like you at the grocery store picking out a piece of meat. Exactly. You know, like oh no, I don't know that that pork shoulder is a little too small. Give me the big one. It's like uh, I'm a whole <laughs> person. Thank you so much. Exactly. Well, those were very interesting questions and answers. It was a lot of tangents and places where we could dig deeper, but that's not going to happen on this show. Let's get into the main topic, yeah? Definitely, yeah. So, I've seen this, and I'm sure you have too, Jamie, a lot on the internet Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatnot. And there's always a war of words when it comes to the word thick and how it applies to people's bodies. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, why not talk about it? And you were actually the first person that came to mind when I fleshed this out because I know we've had some conversation in the past about thick men and whatnot. So I'm curious and excited to get into this and let's just peel back some of the layers and see what we come up with definitely so to start off what's your personal definition of what it means to be thick oh wow that's 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 a a very you know complicated complex question but (laughs) i'm trying to to kind kind of simplify my answer honestly to me i use the term i think of the terms um thick and stocky interchangeably, at least from, from my sensibilities. So I think of someone who is stocky is going to be a guy who is, or thick is going to be, have, you know, broad shoulders, um, you know, firm, you know, well-built, uh, chest, big legs, you know, not, and a little, you know, and, and kind of a chubbiness to him, but that he can either be, you know, muscular based on going to the gym or he can just be have a naturally muscular physique. But the biggest things for me, um, biggest components for somebody who's thick or stocky is, you know, broad chest, um, broad shoulders and like nice firm legs, I guess you'd say. Okay. That makes sense. Um, my answer is very similar. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say that it is subjective, obviously. Oh, Everyone's course, yeah. idea of what thick is is different, which is why it's a bone of contention and why we're having this discussion to begin with. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think it's a spectrum. And I think on one end of the spectrum, it's kind of like a chubby muscular thing. So it's like you said, the natural musculature, but there's some thickness, there's some some girth some weight to the point where it's not it's not six packs it's not where you can see veins low body it's definitely not a low body fat percentage type deal Mm -hmm. but they you can see that they have a well-built frame just from genetics or maybe they were in the gym maybe they used to be in the gym whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. and then on the other end i think it's just flat out chubbiness and they may have a little muscle maybe not but 
it's it's kind of like a proportioned chubbiness. So chubby in the legs and the torso, like from chest, their waist, but it's still shapely to a degree. Mm-hmm. My my quick uh, brand on that would be bellies and buns. belly and bun then i say you thick there you go so how do you feel about thick men personally oh me oh i'm all about them yeah (laughs) yes i I like thick men i I enjoy them let's say okay with that huskiness in your voice (laughs) Well, yeah, it, it, listen, it, it comes and goes when I'm passionate about I something. I see. Yes. Passion. I hear it. All right. Yes. Like, all right. So, um, I mean, I, I, I enjoy uh, Thick Men. To me, that's that was, and I, I kind of go, go back and forth. It depends on the person, obviously. But that was always my ideal. Like, I think about when I'm out, let's say I'm out at the gym or if I'm at the store or whatever, or we're out somewhere and I see a thick guy or a group of guys, you know, hanging out or whatever, then the thicker guys typically what's going to, to catch my, my eye. Now, as I've gotten older, I've, you know, kind of broadened that as well. So there are some kind of swimmers build guys in there, some other types, but typically it's thick men that I like. Okay. Um, personally, I love a thick so I love Mm -hmm. a muscular thick man, but I do appreciate the whole spectrum. And I say that because, one could ask or one could probably peruse through my Instagram following and be like, oh, no, this is your type. And it's like, I don't necessarily have a type because I've kind of been with some of everything. I will say, though, I think my my first boyfriend kind of spoiled me because he was short and thick. And so I kind of have a soft spot for the shorter, thicker guys. Mm-hmm. But... The other thing about that, though, is like I haven't been with a lot of thick men because they're usually kind of weird towards me. Really? And it's it's off putting. Like, I just I can't help it. Like thick guys that I'm like, okay, this is like I could I could see him writing me or vice versa. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're the type that's like, hey, sexy, what are you doing? Sexy. Oh, you eating peas and rice? Sexy. Ooh, sexy. And it's just like, oh, Oh my god. Or they're just there's something about them that's unflattering. Mm-hmm. And this may sound completely and utterly superficial, but hey, I, I walk in my truth, I speak my truth, and if you have a problem with it, I don't know. Call right. Tyrone, I guess. There you go. But the thick guys that I've come across, either they they do that weird thing where every sentence is kind of like a text message signature where it's sexy on the end of every sentence Mm -hmm. or they they just they show me a picture and i'm just like this i don't know how how you got me to go from 100 to negative 3000 but you have accomplished that like i had this guy for example (laughs) and we were chatting 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 now all his pictures i was like okay he's cute he's chubby I'm with it. Like, I will let him suck my dick. Like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then he sends me this picture of, like, his tongue. Ugh, no, no. And <laughs> it looked like he had been eating powdered donuts. And I was just like... Oh, that's thrush, girl. No. <laughs> I was like, yuck. Oh, my God. 
And so those are usually my uh, experiences with thick guys. So for me, I had kind of the, the and I, I said, I know earlier that I really like, just a second ago, that I really like thick guys. But today, like two hours ago, I had a, a, an interesting experience. So if you all know me, you know I like to go to the to the saunas, the bathhouse, the gay theaters and different stuff. So I was yes. there uh, at, at the gay theater today and there were like six or seven guys there. Um, and then this guy comes, walks back and he's about maybe I'd say five, eight very muscular, broad shoulders, tattoos and everything. And he goes inside the booth. And when you put your card in, the light comes on to let somebody know, hey, there's somebody inside or whatever. And he goes in and he leaves his door open. And he kind of stands there for a second. And I'm on my phone, not really paying attention or whatever. But yeah, he was my ideal guy. But something about him I wasn't attracted to. Maybe it was the fact he was wearing sandals. Maybe it was the fact he was looking at these huge dildos outside. I don't know what exactly... (laughs) It was about him, but I was like, no, I didn't really like him. And so uh, another guy came in, kind of this country guy. He wasn't as stocky, but he was was solidly built or whatever, maybe 40s or whatever. And I ended up, you know, hooking up with him and I had a really good time with him. So it's like, for me, it kind of varies, even though that's my kind of ideal guy. It just it depends on the individual person, I guess I'd say. Yeah, the individuality plays a huge role. I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of the spectrum, let's talk about the community a little bit. Yeah. So how do you think that or how do you think the gay community, I'm talking specifically about men, because I really don't think women have as many body issues as men have. I'm not saying they don't have any, but I think they don't have as much. So for gay men in the gay community, how do you think that the term is used and accepted or not accepted and how do you think that the community as a whole feels about thicker men of course so i kind of draw and i and i hate to kind of draw this based on or you know references based on um ethnicity or race but i remember like when in in maybe five ten years ago well 10 years 15 years ago when we were on like adam for adam and you know manhunt and all these different websites and i would see black guys on there and they would say hey i'm thick or whatever and it'd always always be uh, um, a heavy set guy you know with man breasts and bent over with his ass hanging out in a thong or something and that was the the definition of thick that i equated or that I, I subscribed to for years, you know, that that's what it was just based on the black guys that I saw. And I w- didn't really see anybody else besides these, you know, more effeminate um, bottom guys, black guys use that term. Now it seems like it's more widespread um, and that when whites use it, it can mean for them, it can mean like kind of anything. And I think the term in general has kind of taken on anything. So um Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I, I mean, I have a degree in linguistics, um, so I don't like to police how people use language and how they they use it. Um, I, I guess if somebody says that they're thick or if they or enjoy guys who are thick, I would ask them personally, hey, what does that mean to you? Um, Because to me, it means this. I just want to check and see if that's how what it means to you. Um, 
I guess the the only issue that I that it comes in into for me or that comes up is when people are like, "Hey, I like thick guys or whatever," and then they kind of downplay or they talk negatively about other guys, and that's kind of the only you know issue that I would have with it. But kind of, what are your thoughts on that? So I agree with what you're saying. I think that hmm, how do I put this? To be honest, I think it's a buzzword. Mm-hmm. And I think because it's so subjective, everyone has a different idea of what thick means. But as far as the community, I don't think we've truly gotten to a place where thick men are really accepted. And I say that because when you look at online publications and shows and all of that type of stuff, it's very little representation for bigger guys. And when I say bigger, I'm not even necessarily meaning like fat, obese. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just saying a guy that doesn't have a six pack, that mm-hmm. doesn't have huge arms and muscular legs and all of that type of stuff. Case in mm-hmm. point, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram. Um, I think he's an artist and whatnot. He just did a campaign with, I, I don't remember exactly which company it was maybe american eagle where it's like clothing and and jeans and stuff for bigger guys because he's tall and he's big Mm -hmm. not fat you know not like just that but you know he's a big guy big and tall Mm-hmm. And it's a huge deal because you don't. And the reason why is not because I mean, part of it is because it's him. But part of it also is because you don't see that. Exactly. You you just don't see that representation. You don't get to look into a magazine and see a guy that's over six feet tall and probably weighs over 260 pounds. Showing you how some jeans are going to look on your <laughs> similar frame. You just don't see that very often. I also think that it's a a slow adoption. And I liken it to how over the past few years, I don't know if you've noticed how men have started to become a little bit more vocal about liking more curvaceous women, bigger women. Mm -hmm. And I think in in the gay community, it's still lacking i think Mm -hmm. that a lot of the love for thick men again because it's a buzzword it is just for the internet Mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of guys that like thick men they keep it behind closed doors like they don't love you in public Mm -hmm. but they'll fuck the shit out of you in their bedroom that's true and then the guys that say they love it in public when you start to peel back the layers and you dig a little deeper, it's like, well, have you ever even been with a bigger guy, a thick guy? And it's like, oh, I love thick guys. And I, the other thing, and I, I thought about this this past week when I, I was seeing some stuff on Twitter. And this is why I feel the way that I feel about thick men not really get, getting the acceptance that we think that they get. Mm-hmm. Because you think about think about when Kanye came back on the scene, maybe two years ago, whenever that was, and he had gained some weight. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, I knew that that was a bigger Kanye than we're used to seeing 
but I thought he looked good. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is this is like the first time I've ever been attracted to Kanye. When he had on that gray, I mean, he still looked like he was, you know, about to step into Terminator Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> body wise, I was like, I am attracted to the way he looked. And he looked happy. He was eating his little ice cream, getting his life. And I saw so many gay guys on Twitter just go off. And I know a lot of people will argue that it was jokes, but I want people to stop acting like everyone is dumb. And we don't know that most time jokes are rooted in truth mm-hmm. because the jokes were relentless. The shade was relentless and the downright hate was relentless. And the thing that stuck out to me about that is you hate it for a celebrity to gain even a smidge of weight. Kanye was nowhere near anybody's fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had his moobs, his his man boobs grew yeah. a little bit. He had a little bit of a belly, but he wasn't just like obese. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't about to be the next profile that you see on my 600 pound life. Mm-hmm. And so you see guys go on and on and on about Kanye having gained weight. But then you turn around and you kiki on the timeline with somebody that actually is a big boy. And it just is very curious to me. And it's like, okay, again, it's it's that bubble effect of socially, I don't accept bigger men. I don't accept a weighty frame. Mm-hmm. But if I know you personally, then it's okay because you the homie. You know what I'm saying? We can go to brunch or whatever the case may be. And I always look at that kind of stuff like, well, how do you really feel about me? Because if Kanye is a fat slob that needs to have his mouth stitched together so he never eats, so he can lose his weight, how do you feel about my fat ass? <laughs> hmm. That, that's an interesting point. That's a, that's a very interesting point. But All right, so let, let me ask this in a different way. Let's say that the person is, they have friends who are overweight. Let's say that this guy is like a gym bunny, and he has a group of friends, and two or three of them are, are overweight or whatever, and his partner is, you know, a gym bunny as well. Are you saying that that's okay? It's just as long as they're not, they don't have negative feelings towards the, the overweight friends, or they don't, they're not putting them down? Is that, is that what you're saying? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Because I, you can't say just because you have friends that are bigger, then that means you need to be attracted to them. I'm a firm believer in you're attracted to what you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. No one can police or tell you what gets your dick hard or what makes you, you know, what makes you quiver in yeah. the back door, whatever, whatever the case may. Be. What makes you, <laughs> what makes you salivate? <laughs> no one can tell you that however there is a very fine line it's not even a fine line there's a thick line it's like one of those lines on a train platform there's a very (laughs) big thick line between i'm attracted to this and this is what i date and uh fat people Mm -hmm. and i always just in the back of my mind i question that when you're openly negative about bigger bodies thicker bodies fatter bodies but you have those type of people in your circle it always just makes me look at it like do they get some of that that fervor that you have that anger that comes Mm -hmm. up and bubbles out of you when it comes to a bigger body or is it that's my friend so i don't even see them as fat even though 
they're twice as big as the person that I'm making fun of on the internet. I just, I look at that kind of stuff and it just makes me think is all mm-hmm. because you have to know who you have in your circle. So I always look at that stuff and I wonder like, do you feel the same way about your friends or do they get a quote unquote pass? That's a really good point. Now, I just wanted to, to clarify. I thought that's what you meant, but I just wanted to clarify. And really quickly, I know we're uh, kind of already launched into this topic or whatever. It's a really good topic. But <laughs> just just for, for, for our listeners' sakes or whatever, how would you describe your body type, what you look like physically? So we have an idea. Listen, I have no problem saying, like, I am a fat boy. And it is what it is. Like... Maybe some people would consider me thick because I do. And and this is from my doctor. Like I have natural musculature. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people don't think I weigh as much as I do because I don't carry weight Mm -hmm. the way they think a typical person who weighs my as much as I do does. But because I know my body type and I know my family genetics, like I definitely am a fat boy. (laughs) Like I have thick legs. I have thick calves, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I have broad shoulders, but that midsection, that 18 wheeler (laughs) action. (laughs) What about you though? Um, so I am, I'm a, I'd say I'm average. I have, my weight has gone up and, and down or whatever. But since high school, it's gone down. So when I was in high school, when I graduated, um, I was probably about 360. And that was about 10 or so. Yeah, it was about 12 years ago or so. And now I'm about 225 and I'm like 6'1". So. Listen, let me tell y'all something. Listen. Uh-oh. <la> when I get back to 225, y'all ain't going to be able to tell me shit. okay so let's move along a little bit Mm -hmm. so how do you feel about people who arguably don't really fit any definition of thick trying to co-opt the term like why do you think they covet that term well and and, wow that's a really that's a really good question honestly i think that people who don't necessarily fit the term are using it first off to get uh, to get attention. I mean, when you think about years ago in the gay community, when we had all these these different terms that people used, and oh, this is you know a chicken, this is chicken hawk, this is a, a femme, this is a you know a bear. Then we got the muscle bears, and kind of how terms ch- change and evolve. I think that if people want to use the term personally, I mean, I'm not going to police them and say, oh, you can't use this term. I think that if you if the, if you can find an angle to work and something to jug and it's, it's successful, then I say do it. I think that in specifically in, in this society, if you can find something that makes you stand out and that gives you a leg up on other people, you're silly not to do it. And that I think if you if you using that term is helps you or whatever, then I mean use it. Now, will people say, okay, you're not necessarily thick? Obviously, they're gonna they're gonna say that, and you may want to change the the term that you use or the way in which you describe yourself. But if you find something that, that an angle for you, I'd say to work it. That's what I say. Okay, um, I'm gonna agree to a degree. I want to say that I agree with what you said earlier about not trying to police people's verbiage mm-hmm. because that's an everlasting and exhausting battle that 
I just don't have the inclination to try to fight. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not going to lie and say that if you skinny and you just so happen to have kind of a fat ass, you still look silly saying you thick. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like if you are obese, which uh, let me preface this by saying there's nothing wrong with that. As long as no. you are comfortable with it and you healthy and, you're, and, and everything is copacetic with you. Mm-hmm. But if you are clearly fat and fat does not necessarily have to be negative. Actually, it's not negative at all. It's just a descriptor. Mm-hmm. But you're trying to say you thick. It's like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, love the skin that you're in and all of those preachy type things that to an extent can be helpful. But sometimes they can also be harmful. But I really don't really. I just feel like there's no point in trying to police the verbiage it just looks silly like if you have a 28 inch waist like come on let's just be honest mm-hmm. you can say oh look i got a fat ass you don't have to try to say oh i'm thick because immediately it's like thick wear <laughs> thick wear you wear a size small <laughs> like you're a grown man that wears a size small own it love it do what you do. You can shop off the rack anywhere. Why are you trying to call yourself thick? That doesn't make sense. And it's the same thing with a bigger guy. Like, okay, if I'm wearing a 4X, 5X in shirts, I look the fuck stupid trying to call myself thick. Knowing mm-hmm. good and well, I can't go into the store and just buy stuff off the rack. Like, I just true. look crazy. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's plenty of chubby chasers and other big boys that will eat you like the buffet that y'all planning to go to after okay (laughs) there's nothing wrong with it it just you it just feels silly to try to co-opt a term that doesn't really apply to you but again like i said before it's a buzzword and like Mm -hmm. you said trying to use it to to gain clout and whatnot yes that makes sense for people to do it but to me it doesn't make you look any less silly if you are clearly muscular, you stay in the gym or if you just naturally skinny or if you like me and you had one too many Big Macs or you may have a condition about and that makes you a bigger guy. You just mm-hmm. looks you look silly. Mm-hmm. So that well, of course, I mean, that's what I agree with that as well. The fact that I wanted to, to add that in there as well. Is the fact that I mean, if somebody is wants to use these terms or whatever, and it doesn't apply, you're gonna look silly. Yeah. But if you want to use it, I mean, I say you know use yeah. it or whatever. Yeah. I'm no, like... Now I think about like, and I, I hate to bring it back to race or whatever, but when people who say, "Oh yeah," like for example, when they talked about like Rachel Dolezal or whatever, she wanted to use the term, say that she was African American or uh... whatever, and people were like. Some people are like, oh, and she, she's done more than for African-Americans than other people ever have. And she taught, you know, African-American history and Which, studies and stuff. Mm. But a lot of people are laughing at her because she, because, because she looks the fuck stupid. The, those braids and that those braids, uh, that clearly Caucasian neck. Oh, like, yes. come on, <laughs> come yes. on. And, and her had, age. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. I had people even when that happened, uh, quick tangent. And I was like, she doesn't look black. And they were like, well, I have black people in my family that are the same complexion or lighter. And I'm like, it's not even it's not her complexion. Look at her features. Exactly. Look at her nose. Look at her neck. Like that is a Caucasian. That's an entire Caucasian woman. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with 
thick. Like, and I know some guys do it as a joke. Let me put that out there. I know some. Yeah, like ironically, yeah. You get on Instagram, and clearly they in the gym, and they got a squat bubble, and they're like, "Ooh, look, I'm so thick," and it's like, "Ha ha!" But some of y'all be serious, and you looking crazy mm-hmm. out here. But you know what? Whatever floats your boat and finds your lost remote. Shout out to oh. Andre three thousand. I like that. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> <laughs> so since I brought it up, let's dig a little bit deeper into the thick versus fat. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? How do you draw that distinction? Mm. Well, let's see. Well, let's see. I like both. So just to just to put that out there first. Um, but thick versus fat. I mean, for me, thick um, implies that there's some type of musculature either natural or a person who who goes to the gym i mean to me that's basically the definition or the difference between the two um kind of short short and sweet there yeah i agree thick is thick and fat is fat and again fat doesn't necessarily have to be negative but if you are a bigger guy you just you just kind of look silly calling yourself thick like own it I'm a big dude. What's up with the what's up? Mm-hmm. There's allegedly an app for y'all. Although, I don't know. I don't know. Listen. Hey, wait, have you ever used that app? Or Yeah, I've used it. And I, and that's a lot of times where I be coming across the weird guys. They're like, hey, sexy, da-da-da, sexy. And I'm like, I, I get the sentiment, but it's just not flattering. Exactly. It's It's not flattering, and it makes me feel like you don't really have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to fluff it, like if you, or you feel like if you stroke my ego enough, then that means you're gonna get the stroke. And that's not how I personally operate. I know there's mm-hmm. guys out there that love it and they do everything they can to have their ego stroked, but that's not my ministry. But I think I don't think that there's a lot to say of fat versus thick. I think we all know what's fat and what's thick. Mm-hmm. But I think the conflation comes into whether or not the person is, number one, conventionally attractive in the face. Mm-hmm. And number two, whether they know the person personally. Mm-hmm. And number three, or it could be 2.5, whether or not they like the person. That's true. Those three factors play a huge role in how people will look at and call what's fat versus what's thick i like that because mm, let's be honest being conventionally attractive will get you a lot of country oh definitely if you are bigger in the waist Mm -hmm. just like on the flip side of that having a nice body gets you a lot of country because a lot of y'all out here and I saw this on Twitter and it was spot on. Y'all give a lot of country to a lot of dudes that are butterfaces. Exactly. But because they stay in the gym, they have a nice body and they stay with their shirt off, flexing and having pictures in their drawers and positioning they they penis just right so that you can see some print. Y'all give them a lot of country. Now let me let me ask you that because and and that's a very good point. And I was going to tell a story about that, but I'm not because that would be very shady. So I'm not going to move on for that. Um, but let me ask you: Would you prefer to have uh, a, an amazing body and a butter face, or an okay body and an amazing face? 
I'm I'm taking the face. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like a. I don't even. You know what? I'm not even going to try to deny or clean it up. I feel like there's more. There's more to be gained with having a nice face as mm-hmm. a man than there is a nice body. Like if I can have a nice face and an average body, I can go far because listen, there's plenty of men out here that don't have the greatest bodies. They may not be fat, Mm -hmm. but they just have an average body, but you throw on a suit. Oh, you conquering the world and you cute in the face too. I mean, we have to be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, do we live in a world that's not, looks heavy no we don't <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. no, we don't and it's like you can you can have this great body and not and that oh god okay i'm gonna say it because someone's probably thinking it doubling back to the only fans um conversation there's a lot of only fans on that are uh butter faces mm-hmm because again, if you have a nice body and you're willing to do things with it for the consumption and pleasure of others, you get a lot of country. Exactly. Okay, so let's wrap this conversation up. And because we're talking about bodies and you mentioned it, and I thought it was very important to talk about, let's talk about body image just a bit. Okay. Definitely. So um, there was, and actually, I, I sent these uh, to you. We might post them or whatever. But just yeah, some, put them some in the show um, notes. definitely some um, articles that I saw on the BBC uh, website about how being gay, uh, how being a gay man can make your body image issues worse. And mm-hmm. it, basically, it was the article was centered around this couple who had seen a documentary, I think it was by uh, this lady, and I think it was a lady or a group of of ladies, and the documentary was basically about women and their body image issues. And then there was a gay couple, and I want to say they were from Canada, and they kind of replicated that documentary and just talked about the body image issues that they had, basically comparing themselves to other people and comparing themselves as two men in a a relationship, comparing themselves to each other. Um, So it was just really interesting and in the article they talked about the fact that I want to say that uh, gay men were three times more likely um, to have um, body image issues mm-hmm. um, and they just pulled some guys on um, Grinder to talk about different things um, just asking different questions and one of the things that uh, one of the people responded anonymously is what's seen as normal in straight men's world isn't the same with gay men. You can be straight thin but gay fat and that's something that we've heard jokingly over the years is somebody's gay fat but i think that that's something that's really you know prevalent i think that comes from and this article does a a pretty good job of kind of delving into this the fact that as gay men we already some of us already or some in general feel as though that they're rejected or that they're less than so if they can subscribe to or aspire to this heteronormative you know um 
mannerisms in the way that they act and this, you know, ultra masculine appearance, then people will like them and that they'll gravitate towards them. And I think that's a huge part of it. Another thing that I that I've seen brought up, but that I haven't seen discussed as widely as I think it should be, is the fact that we live in a capitalist society. And when you live in a capitalist society, um they have to create, I mean, a lot of people who live in a capitalist society have insecurities because if people aren't insecure or they don't feel some type of need or detriment, I guess you'd say, then you can't sell them products. So if you show them people who are sexy and who are healthy and who have beautiful skin and say, hey, if you use them, people will think, hey, if you buy these products or if you use this service, then somehow you'll look like this. Even if they're not saying it, then subconsciously, you know that's kind of how people are, are feeling. And I'll just kind of stop right there. Did you, and then there's another part we'll go to on the back end, but did you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, real quick, uh, I agree with what you said. There were a couple of things that stood out to me in the Body Image article, and the first one was, and I think we've touched on it a little bit during this conversation, mm-hmm. that gay men hold themselves and one another to far more exacting standards like we have very very high standards for ourselves for each other and i think for women mm-hmm. maybe maybe cis het women like it's like okay if you're a woman you got to be put together in a gay man's eyes and if you gay you gotta be skinny or you gotta be muscular or if you're a big boy you gotta be fashionable you gotta know how to work it like there's so many rules unwritten rules to so many things another thing that stood out to me was a quote that i guess they got from someone on grinder mm-hmm. and he said i think body image for gay people is a way of seeking acceptance it's something mm-hmm. that we can control in a way that we can't control our sexuality i like that that's deep Mm-hmm. Now, just to kind of double back to something you said, and then we'll kind of go on on to this next part um, here. But you said that uh, gay men have high standards for themselves as well as straight women. As far as the the standards that gay men have towards straight women, do you think possibly that could be a form of misogyny, or what do you think that's born out of? Absolutely, I think it's I think it's a form of misogyny, and I think it's projection. It's probably a lot of it. Like, mm-hmm. no one has high standards for cishet men because we know that they're trash. <laughs> and they buck against, for the most part, they buck against, as a collective, against doing better. Mm-hmm. But as far as women, like, on one side, there can be misogyny. Like, there's a lot of misogyny within the gay community, just like there's a lot of internalized homophobia there's a lot of transphobia there's a lot of racism all of that kind of stuff but i think also it's a lot of projection a lot of guys i think a lot of guys whether they admit it or not it may not even be a conscious thing that they're aware of Mm -hmm. but i think a lot of gay guys kind of look at women and see themselves to an extent Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like well if i was her if i was a woman i would be this i would be that my nails would be this my hair would be this and so when they see a woman that is in their opinion not taking full advantage of womanhood Mm -hmm. they judge Mm -hmm. it's weird but it's real it happens Mm -hmm. 
so the other side of this was about eating disorders yes and um, i believe the statistics said that like one in three men have some type of eating disorder or have come across some type of eating disorder in their oh, lifetime oh, i think yeah, the, the, the statistics said like 10 million men mm-hmm. something like that and it's exactly and that's a really good point is it says one in three men and that um 10 million males at some point in their life are affected by it it says due in large part to cultural bias um but they're much less likely likely to seek treatment for their eating disorders i think about typically when we think of eating disorders we think of like rich white girls who you know just throw up who have a little bit of lunch and they throw up or they don't eat anything at all for days so they can fit into their you know cheerleading uniforms or whatever but the face of eating disorders that's one side of it um but there's so many different facets of it there are and i was i just happened to this summer be looking into this stuff because i'm a teacher and i'm also studying um guidance counseling as well that's what my next master's is going to be in so you know just kind of doing some coursework and stuff and saying that african americans are becoming a, a, a huge part of the population that's affected by eating disorders i think about back when i was in high school there was this guy named Michael that I really liked and so he was on the we went to middle school together as well so we kind of knew each other or whatever and so he was on the wrestling team and I didn't know this at first but with with wrestlers there's a lot of eating disorders Mm. because they have yeah they have to make weight so they have to stay in a particular weight class because you're typically trying all right I don't want to go up because if I go up I'll have to you know wrestle against the guys who are bigger than me and I could lose or I don't want to go down because you know I'm used to this weight class or whatever so a lot of those guys had um eating disorders or I'd say I, I prefer the term disordered eating because they would some of them would work out excessively and not really eat much or some would you know carbo load the week before to try and go up to the next weight class so just all different types of things. Um, but that was just something that was very interesting. Personally, it's something that I have experienced over the years. Um, not necessarily the the um, bulimia, anorexia or anything, but just binge eating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that, I, that I've um, experienced in the past. Um, and I think even more so that gay men um, are definitely susceptible to this. Men in general, but definitely uh, gay men. So... Right. So the way you ended that and phrased it kind of launches me into my thought on that. As far as gay men, I -hmm. think that there are a lot of undiagnosed eating disorders or disordered eating because there's a lot of mental health issues. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. trauma. There's a lot of things that we go through that go unchecked. And they manifest mm-hmm. themselves in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think a big one that maybe a lot of people don't realize. And honestly, I'm just starting to learn this about myself, like in the past year, is that part of my depression and my mental illness issues, they manifest themselves in binge eating. Mm-hmm. And that's a symptom of it, but it's its own diagnosis it's his own thing and I, I i could be wrong i don't know what the research says but it just in my observations on twitter and just being in the community for you know a few years i i really 
think a lot of us have those disorders and they may be rooted in something else, but we still have those standalone disorders. We just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And and that's a that's a really good point is that I, I don't think that sometimes people know that what they're doing necessarily is or recognize better said, that what they're doing is disordered eating. So, for example, I think about growing up, growing up, I have I'm half uh, half West Indian and half African-American. So my dad was a stay at home dad um, growing up. So he would make us a dinner and snacks um, and we would eat at like five o'clock. And then my mom would get home because she was a career woman and she would get home like seven, eight o'clock. And she would always bring us, oh, I'll bring you all an order of fries or a milkshake or something else. Stuff that we had no business eating at eight, nine, ten o'clock at night as, you know, 10 year olds and then going right to bed afterwards. But it, it became at first it seemed innocent. And it's, yeah, I can't be here with you guys, but you finished your homework, so here's a little treat. And then it becomes, hey, whenever you're happy, you want to get something to celebrate or you want to go out with your friends and eat or whatever. It becomes a habit. Exactly. And And it becomes like ingrained. Yeah. And that stuff is hard to break as an adult. Listen, Mm -hmm. I'm still struggling. That's why I I said when I get to 225, because right now it's just it is laced to the gale. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's funny honestly with this topic i, I don't I, I think that again growing up in a, in a living in a, in a capitalist society like america that people are going to have issues but i think that people as long as they're they're healthy and they really grow to you know and it sounds really cliche but to like themselves and get to know themselves then i think that you know this will be lesser less of an issue because i mean yeah you can have surgeries and you can change yourself or whatever but at the end of the day shots if your core is is bad or whatever if you don't work on that then you're just gonna have just as many issues so that's kind of my takeaway from this yeah it's like you have to work on your core and that's not limited to the core of your body as in doing sit-ups and whatnot in the gym like the core of your being And you will learn and it's not easy, but you will learn to accept yourself and equally as important to accept others. Mm -hmm. And my final thought, and we can wrap this up, is that acceptance does not necessarily have to translate into attraction. And that's a whole different can of worms. (laughs) I know that's a whole different episode. I'm just saying that you mm-hmm. can accept a bigger guy, a thicker guy, even if you're not sexually attracted. You don't have to tear them down. You don't have to be that guy on Jack that's like, if you motherfuckers don't put the motherfucking Big Macs down, get a gym membership, bitch, and all this other stuff. <laughs> yep. You don't have to do all that. You don't have to be all that. Yeah. When you are good within your core, the core of your being, then you learn how to accept all different types. Exactly. And, and I'll leave it at that. So, Jamie, again, I want to thank you so, 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 so much for taking some time out to come onto the show. Like I said, I know you have huge things happening in your life. Mm -hmm. So tell people where they can find you. Definitely. So, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed this, you know. Listen, this was a good conversation. Very much so. So you can find me on Twitter. My personal Twitter is um, 8 underscore nine X and um the Twitter for the show is at 
Arroz Chicken. Um, the website is Arroz Chicken. Instagram, everything is under Arroz Chicken. All right. Adios. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Now, before I wrap this show up, I want to give some shout outs. First, shout out to Rod and Karen of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast for a very successful live show in Charlotte, North Carolina this past weekend. I did attend, did have a blast. Shout out to DeAsia and Soso of the Bad and Boozy podcast. It was great meeting both of my CSPNC status, the tall black queens. It was just something magical about seeing them in person, had a good time hugging on their necks shout out to my friend Juanita that drove down from Maryland to spend the weekend when we went back to Riley this past weekend last but not least thank you to my good friend Bree for her hospitality and just being a dope friend we had a blast road tripping to Charlotte from Riley it really was great to see her it was great seeing my god kids they're both amazing My godson definitely reminded me how treacherous it can be to sleep in the same bed as a toddler, but he's cute and I love him, so it's fine. So shout out to everyone. It was good meeting people taking pictures this past weekend in Charlotte, and who knows? Maybe one day I can make something of this little rinky-dink podcast and do something similar or join one of the... One of the... uh, or join one of the the podcast conventions and do something that who knows who knows what's in the future i don't what i do know is you can go to gaysidestories.com that is the hub for all things having to do with me and this show remember to email your questions to gaysidestories at gmail.com if you have a moment and you like what you've heard please go over to the purple app apple podcast and leave a rating And if you have a little bit of extra time and you really love me, leave a review, five stars, please. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast with others. I am very appreciative of everyone that does that. Welcome to all of the new listeners. I see some of you popping up on the Instagram and on the Twitter. Feel free to interact on either platform or on Facebook. I see some of y'all over there too. Remember, you can also find me on Ratchet Ramblings over on the CSPN Network talking about black reality TV shows. And that's pretty much it for this week. As always, love yourself, whether you're bottom, top, verse, oral only, foot fetish, whatever it is that you identify and you like. Make sure that you are protecting your walls or they will what? They will crumble. I'm out. See you guys next week.